From WNET in New York, hi, I'm Tom Stewart, and welcome to WNET Up Next, where we take you behind the scenes for a look at what's happening in the world of public media and help you get to know the people who create our programs. Our guest today has had an extensive career in media production, primarily in the world of news and public affairs. She's now a member of the team producing Public Media's new late-night venture, Amanpour & Company. I'm very pleased to welcome executive producer Gina Kim to WNET. Up next, Gina, great to have you here. Thanks, Tom. Amanpour & Company. Yes. Now, for our listeners who haven't yet tuned in, could you just describe the show for us? Sure. Amanpour & Company is a daily, late-night news and public affairs television show. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we bring on great thought leaders who can talk with us about a wide range of issues. And so Christian is the host. Christian Amanpour is the host, and she's based out in London. And then we have four correspondents here based mm -hmm. in New York, Hari Srinivasan, Michelle Martin, Walter Isaacson, and Alicia Menendez. And they're all incredible, incredible at what they do. We follow the news, we tackle complicated and interesting topics, and we talk to very high-profile individuals, politicians, celebrities, people in business, technology, science, sports, and the arts. But then we also look for those voices that don't necessarily make it on TV mm -hmm. and you might not see on a regular basis, mm -hmm. but we try to find those people to bring on to bring a more diverse voice to the audience. So how would you say the show differs from other panel shows in the news that we'd see on a Sunday morning on a network or such as that? I, mean, I think one of the big ways we can differentiate ourselves is that we have the luxury of time. We really don't want to have this he said, she said, black and white conversations where people are just screaming at each other and trying to get their point in. We have thoughtful conversations. They're substantive. They are really trying to get to the core of the matter. And so we could really sit with it. You know, we could really take a moment and really talk about these complicated issues and try to understand them to a better degree. You know, our interviews can last up to 20 minutes, mm -hmm. which is very rare in television. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. And, well, granted, I do work with Bill Moyers where interviews were very long. But, you know, working in cable shows and other places, you get four minutes for these conversations. And this one, these conversations are much longer. And, and really, we really try to get to the heart of the matter. So how's it all been going? This is just a few months old that the show it's, has been it's happening. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it's Scott Davis. He's our executive producer. We were just discussing it. Honestly, it's been two months. It's remarkable. It feels like it's been 100 years, and it also feels <laughs> okay. like it's I'm been a minute. I'm going to stop you right there. Just, <laughs> tell me, why, why is it? Tell me about that part. I'm just interested. Go tell well, it, we just Take hit, us behind I the mean, scenes. I, I started in August, and we were taping interviews maybe three or four weeks later, and we've just been running. I mean, it's a daily show. And so, that, you know, I've been working on a lot of weekly shows recently, and it just hits you that, you know, after you finish one, you have another one the next day. And so it's been remarkable, and the reaction from the audience has been great, and working with the correspondents and with Christian, I mean, it's just been a really amazing experience. And so I'm I very interested in, in some of the mechanics of it, because yes. Christian is based in London. Exactly. As you mentioned, the other uh, interviewers are, are here in New York. Exactly. And, and how does this all go together? Where do you start? Do you start with Christiane says she wants to do a particular piece, and then you pick other pieces to complement that or amplify that? Or I, I just, um, how does it all happen? I have no idea. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, it is complicated. It's a giant puzzle, and we've been working it through. And I think, you know, now that we're going 
into our third month, I think we're getting a handle on it. Mm-hmm. Christian is in London, and she handles a lot of the breaking news stories. She tapes every single day, mm-hmm. and she tackles some of the you know stories that that are happening in in DC, but then also internationally. Right. And then we have the four correspondents here in New York, and we tape about twice a week. Mm-hmm. And so we can't hit those breaking news stories because the interviews don't air immediately. Right. If that makes sense. It's really a collaborative process. We have a small team, about seven of us, really incredibly talented individuals, some of the best I've ever worked with. And we sit together and we try to come up with ideas for the show. And, of course, the correspondents weigh in and we go back and forth. And, you know, you've been in one of those pitch meetings, right, where you're talking about different story ideas. And you notice which ones are exciting to everyone in the room. And then we, and then that's how we sort of make decisions. I'd like to know if there is a... Uh a Rolodex that you possess that has the names of people that you can go to to be interview subjects for the show? Or if not, how do you find the people that you want to talk to? How does that process work? I mean, I definitely had a Rolodex back <laughs> back in the day, um, but that I, I lost. I'm dating along myself the way. <laughs> a little bit. I, you know, wh- no, no. whatever the uh, you know the technologically advanced. No, no, uh, I actually I absolutely a owned a Rolodex so, back in yeah. the day. But um, that's a really good question. I mean. I've been doing this a long time, and so have my colleagues, and so we sort of have a sense of people who are out there who are interesting people that we should be interviewing. But we need to find new voices every day, so we're constantly reading and attending events and seeing shows and talking to friends and to other people and getting ideas. I mean, it's it's not easy. It's it's not easy. For, and because it's also, it's television. So we, you know, even if we find an incredible story, they have to be telegenic. They have to be able to tell their story well. And so it's it's complicated. It's not just a one, two, three step process. Do you find people approach you to want to come in and, and do things? We definitely get people pitching us their stories. And um, since the show has been on air and getting more popular and more people are seeing the show, we're definitely getting a lot of people emailing us. And I, I mean, we encourage that. Love, love getting ideas. Sent to us, but a lot of it is that on our own we're discovering people. And then our correspondents, you know, they have a huge Rolodex and a whole wealth of experience, and they bring ideas, and we all work together to bring about the best guests and the best show. I know it's probably not that specific, but are there areas that, that each one of the uh, correspondents focuses on that, that are particular to their skills? I think of Walter Isaacson, who's you know, such a generalist and knows everything about American history and is exactly. written. And, uh, so does that predetermine the kinds of stories that he would cover? Definitely that contributes to the decision-making. But at the same time, we want it to be spontaneous. We want it to be organic. So we don't want it to be that they're in their comfort zone interviewing okay. these people, the same people that they that they recognize and they know and that they feel comfortable with. And so definitely Walter has the people he knows in the world of technology and science and historians. We also try to bring other voices that might have a different perspective and will bring out a richer conversation. And so each of the correspondents, they definitely have have their topics that they're very interested in, but they're also smart and they're they're open to other ideas. So let's say that Walter is assigned a particular person to interview. How does that go? Uh, do you then prepare an outline of things that, where the conversation wants to go, or does that become more the correspondent's responsibility? It's a combination of both. We have two producers, Mona Mullum and Marion Bradford, and they and Marion's working with Walter and with Alicia. 
and Mona works with Hari and with Michelle. Mm-hmm. We put together a research packet. We always do pre-interviews, which I think is crucial in helping to prepare a host. And we suggest questions. And it really is sort of thinking about the arc of the conversation. Like, where, how do we get from the, the beginning to the end? It really is an art form. The, the producers are incredible, and the correspondents are hugely talented. That's, that's been but sort of an easy part. But it's definitely a collaborative effort. Oh, absolutely. And it's not easy. I mean, it takes hours and lots of work. And, you know, and Michelle Martin always does this. She reads every single book, she, and all of them do. You know, They're not yeah. just working from an outline of exactly. bullet points. Exactly. Nice, yeah. You know, and I have worked with correspondents in the past that will show up and say, I haven't read the book, seen the movie, but here I go, you know. And, yeah. and with this team, they do their homework. That's excellent. I believe Christiane has already come to do some interviewing in the States, has she not? She was here for the launch, uh-huh. and then she came back for the midterms, and now she's back in London. So I suspect she'll come back and forth. On a regular basis? Um, not Probably not on a regular basis, but once in a while. She's going to be mostly out of London. Well, she is the name on the show. She is the so, name of so, show. so what is that like to, for you to be working with her? She obviously is this huge force on the air. She's just kind of an amazing—I find her interviewing amazing because she is so present and so smart and so able to just keep keep things going in such an intelligent, great way. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, she has the gravitas, she has the intellect, she is supremely articulate. I mean, she she has the whole package. She's amazing, and the wealth of experience she brings. I think people are honored to sit down with her. She challenges people. I think one thing that Christiane and all the correspondents enjoy, they they like having people on with different perspectives and people from different political backgrounds and and points of views. And and Christiane's great with people who don't necessarily have the mainstream view or maybe have some more controversial or views, and she is able to really get to the core of the matter and, and try to find some common ground. I think it's becoming a little cliche to say that we're so divisive and everyone is in their political corners, but I think that is true to an extent right now, and Christiane is definitely trying to bridge that divide and try to find some common ground with her guests. Can you give us an example of one of those underreported uh, stories or areas that you're particularly proud of that's been on the show? He's more well-known, but Hari just did an interview with the Republican strategist Frank Luntz. Mm-hmm. And what was remarkable about that interview is that Frank, we thought he was going to come on and talk about the midterms and talk about the campaign ads and sort of analyze the ads, and he did do that. But he also had sort of a, a very honest and raw moment on on our show where he discussed how disturbed and how troubled he was by our polarized country. And he had never seen it so divided and was so scared about what was to come. And he really just had a conversation with Hari just about how did he maybe contribute to some of this political climate and what we can do to get ourselves out of this. We also interviewed Michael Arsenal and Casey Gerald, these two authors, a lot of individuals who don't necessarily make it on air and certainly don't have the opportunity to tell their stories, you know, with the kind of time that we allow. And so it's been really amazing to see how these people come on and they're not pundits, they're not regular, you know, they're not professional speakers. And they provide a unique perspective and just bring something that's much deeper and richer. And I think our audience is really learning from them. Wonderful. Of course, I'd like to know a little bit more about you and how you began in this world of public affairs television. And I know one of your earliest experiences here was with Bill Moyers. Yes. Uh, Tell us about that. 
my background is not the usual path to, to television. I was actually working as an organizer with NYPIRC, the New York Public Interest Research Group. So I was... Um, and tell me what that is. So that's... Ralph Nader started these activist organizations across the country. They're called the, the PIRGs. Mm-hmm. And what I was doing is I was organizing students on issues of higher education funding and also climate change. I was a campaign director. That's what I was doing right out of college. And through that work, I met this woman, Joanne Dorshow, who was a television producer. She actually won the Oscar for her documentary, Panama Deception, in, in 1992, I believe. And she said to me, have you ever thought about working in TV? And I had, I didn't, you know, I said no. And she said, well, you know, let me put you in touch with my friend Michael Moore, the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And so I met Michael, and he said, you know, I think you would do well in television. I mean, campaign work is very similar to TV work. People don't realize that. but you Tell me, s- tell me how that is. I, mean, I, I don't really know that. It's hard to explain, but when you run a campaign, you're sort of thinking about the ultimate end, mm-hmm. right? Like, what is it that we're trying to achieve? And that's similar to TV. And then you have all the steps to get to that point. And so you have to be actually quite organized, but also incredibly creative. And you have to be able to compel people to be interested and to and to help move people. And that's what we try to do on television, bring out people, you know, emotions. And so, you know, and Michael was right. So he hired me for his television show. Mm-hmm. I worked with him on The Awful Truth on Bravo, and after that show was over, he turned to me and said, what are you going to do next, Gina? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I thought I was working with you. Uh, I had no idea TV. But that was his way of saying goodbye. <laughs> no, I didn't know that TV shows, when was, they end, yes, you, your, your goodbye, job is, yeah, exactly. Your job is I just thought, like, you know, you, <laughs> you stay with that show. So I stayed with him and worked on a Rage Against the Machine music video that I helped produce and then worked on Sicko for a little bit. And then I went and tried to get as much TV experience as possible, mm-hmm. worked on medical shows, daytime talk shows, etc. And then I started working with Phil Donahue on his MSNBC show. Oh, really? He's incredible. It's just absolutely... Um, Another great, great person who great thinks man. on his feet in oh an incredible God. way. Oh, my God. Incredible. You know, he would be in the audience, you know, like the live audience, and he would know exactly who to go to. I don't, it was like this instinct. It's incredible. He would look around the room, and I would think, don't go to that person. That person looks... In, and he would walk over and get the most incredible comments. Um, Interesting. Yeah, he was just really just extraordinary. How about Mr. Moyers? Oh, yes. And so then after MSNBC, I, it was at the start of the Iraq war. And I was just wondering like what I'm going to do next. And my executive producer said, where do you want to go? And I said, I want to work with Bill Moyers at PBS. And she picked up the phone and called up the executive producer for Bill Moyers, John Sislop. And he said, actually, we are hiring. So went in for an interview and I know it's just fortuitous wonderful timing. and wonderful timing. And then I worked with Bill for many years. I've never met a man with such intelligence and such moral center. And so you know his background of the work that he did in government and then the Peace Absolutely Corps and sure. Newsday. And I've never. And he was an ordained minister. And his wife, Judith Moyers, who was the executive editor. No one like her. Right, I mean, team. if we could just clone the two of them, I think we could solve all the world's problems. They're just amazing, amazing people. And more recently, you did something for PBS uh, uh, in conjunction with the Me Too movement. That was just recently, earlier this yes. year. Yes. And I'll try to get the title correct. Me Too, Now What? Yes. Uh, yes. What was that program all about? I was working with Zainab Salvi. I was working with Tina Brown at an organization called Women in the World, and we put these live events across the world, actually, bringing extraordinary women from all 
parts of life on our stage to talk about their experiences. And I met Zainab through that work. And Zainab is the founder of Women for Women International. She's an activist. She's a journalist. She's extraordinary. I mean, she's a refugee from Iraq. She's just incredible. And so we started talking and we developed the show together, Me Too Now What. Um, obviously, the Me Too movement, it was at the height. And, every, you know, it was, it was just a lot of people asking very difficult questions and a lot of people really grappling with the situation. And so we really want to talk about how we got to the place. How did we get here? Mm-hmm. And where do we go from here? We were lucky enough to get a five-part series on PBS. It was crazy. We literally pitched a show. It was greenlit like weeks later, and all of a sudden we were in production. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and so we put together the five-part series tackling patriarchy, talking about toxic masculinity, a lot of difficult questions that we we tackled and, and complicated issues that don't have any clear answers that, well, that we explored. Well, we are very lucky that you gave up organizing and have come to television. <laughs> You've had a fascinating career involved with some of our highest level things that we do here in public media. So congratulations on Thank that. Thank you. Thanks for being with us. And tell us when we can watch Amanpour and company. You can watch the show every night at 11 to 12, but you should check your local listings. And you can stream it, too, on pbs.org, I believe. Watch the show there. Yes, and on Passport. Gina, thank you. <laughs> thank Delight, you so much, Delightful Tom. to have you here, and all the best going forward. Thank you. And thank you for listening. We hope you join us again soon for another edition of WNAT Up Next. And we'd love you to share your questions and comments with us at upnext at WNET.org. And, of course, do become a subscriber. WNET Up Next is presented by the Design and On-Air Promotion Department of WNET New York. I'm Tom Stewart.